for your pastors. Uh, I was, when I was preparing for this message, I was like, man, what a great question to kind of start off with is, uh, how often do you, do you pray for your pastors? How often do you pray? Some every day, some, some not so often, you know? How often do you pray? I think for some, it might be the question of, um, how often do you pray? <laughs> like, pray for anything, you know? A prayer is kind of one of those subjects that's become... Let's just be honest, it's become a routine. It's, it's uh, you know, look, something bad happens on Facebook and what do we do? Thoughts and prayers. My thoughts and prayers are with you. I'm the kind of person that I read that and first of all, I don't put I'm praying for you unless I'm for real praying for you because then I'm a liar, okay? <laughs> Reverse prayed that way, I went backwards. You know, but thoughts, like are you really thinking about them? And do thoughts even matter? That's another conversation, but prayers do matter. And do you pray? Do, are you, you know, whenever we throw that out there, is that a legitimate thing that we're saying or is it just a, uh, uh, just something that we say, kind of like a coping mechanism? I think that prayer has become that for a lot of people nowadays, just a coping mechanism versus a weapon. You know what I'm talking about? Versus something that is a, a communication between us and our savior, our creator, God, okay? And whenever we put it like that, it's like, wow, it is kind of important. But all of a sudden, it's Monday afternoon and <laughs> thoughts and prayers. You know, it just kind of loses its, it loses its importance whenever prayer is something that, is, that God has, like a tool that God has given us really to use uh, that is supposed to be used properly. And so today, we want to talk about prayer. Is that all right? Yeah. Is that not too cliche for church? What are we going to talk about today? talk about prayer. It sounds so churchy, all right? But I, I hope that through the way that we talk about it today, that it, it kind of removes some of that cliche, just thoughts and prayers, and maybe it is used as a tool, right? Like something that we actually lean upon. And so we're actually going to be in, uh, in First Timothy, so if you want to kind of get ready for that. But, but I did grow up in a home that was very prayerful. Now, a pastor's home, many people would think, is full of prayer and Bible reading, Am I right? Like every day you have a devotional. And um, that's really, <clears throat> I think it was good. I think possibly, anyway, we didn't do a whole lot of devotional. We prayed every day. We prayed for real, but it wasn't as much of a ritualistic thing. It was an experiential thing. It was something that mattered. You know what I'm talking about? You know the difference? There's the, the prayer that you have before you pray for your food, like before you eat. And uh, it's the prayer that even your kids know because they hear you pray the same thing every time, right? It's just kind of like this repetitive prayer versus, versus those moments whenever something really hits the fan and, you know, you really drop to your knees. You really dr you drop down and you say, God, I need you. There's this, there's this extra gear in those types of prayer. And that's kind of the prayers that we had. Look, we'd be going through something and my mom, I mean, she was always the first one that would be like, we need to pray. We just need to pray. And of course, a little kid, you'd, okay, we you know, pray. And then that was kind of it for me at, at a young age. And as I've gotten older, I've realized uh, maybe it's an echo in the back of my mind, but we hit up against a wall. Something happens. And guess what? We need to pray about this. Just something a few weeks ago, honestly, we were going through, uh, it was kind of like a, a church, a family situation. And, 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 you know, at some point we finally had to step back and I had to say, I think this is a spiritual attack. Like, I think this is actually a spiritual battle right now. This isn't just somebody said the wrong thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, oh, well, we'll just get over it. No, this is an actual attack. Now, we need to fight with the right weapons. And, you know, uh, in the book of Timothy, 
This book is actually Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing a book to this young guy named Timothy. He's a young leader in the church, and uh, Paul's trying to encourage him in some things. Now, I know that we believe that culture nowadays is completely different than what it was back then in regards to humanity, okay? But there was a lot of the same exact things that were happening then that are happening now. Politically, culturally, there were some terrible leaders at the time. Um, I don't know if many of you know who King Nero was. Anybody ever heard that name before? King Nero? He was horrendous. All right, Kim Jong-un is pretty bad, but Nero, whole nother level. Guy Nero was doing worse things than him. I'm talking crazy. Like, like, just, you know, this might be like a lot of information for some of you, depending on your age, but it's reality. They would, he'd kill people, he'd dip them in oil, and he'd burn them on stakes. And then he'd just like ride a carriage through them. And that was, his, that was his idea of enjoyment, okay? This guy was nuts. So Timothy's having to deal with that. Timothy's having to lead people through a, ter- uh, a terrible leader. Uh, and there's also people that are leaving and joining the faith. There's all these doctrinal issues. And Timothy's young, and, and Paul's encouraging, encouraging him in these times. And a few times he tells Timothy, hey, you know, Don't let people abuse you or misuse you or look down upon you because of how young you are. Stand up, man. Be strong. Be confident. God has called you. He's equipped you. And he's encouraging him in these things. And so uh, I really like how, like the perspective that he starts out with with Timothy here in in chapter 2, verse 1. Now, again, put yourself in Timothy's spot. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of bad things, okay? Paul says this. I urge you, Timothy, first of all, to pray for all people. He says, before you do anything else, Timothy, I want you to pray for all people. Like the people that you like and the people that you don't like. You know what I'm talking about. The people that are easy to pray for and the people that are not easy to pray. Pray for all of them. Those people that are are ripping you, you know what I'm saying, that are making fun of you, that that are doing this, doing that, pray for them. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And this is something true about prayer. Prayer is usually our last resort when it should be our first response. Come on. You know it. As Christians and as believers, and of course we're at church, so we all pray. That's just what we do in this moment. But then it's, again, it's Monday or Tuesday afternoon. And then the question comes of, am I going to pray? Is this my first reaction? Or is this kind of like a, uh, like I said earlier, a coping mechanism? A last resort, one of those things that, like, if nothing else works, I'll do. Like, I'm going to work really hard to change these people and change the situation, and if I can't do it, then maybe God will do something. Versus it, obviously, in this moment, it seems so clear, being the the exact opposite. Praying first. It's really the the title of today's message is pray first. Pray first. It should be our initial reaction, but many times it's not. You know, uh, when I was in high school, I was, uh, I was okay in school. I wasn't the best. Um, I, I understood a lot of things, but I was like your typical average B student. That's just me. I'll be honest. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just <laughs> She's playing with her phone in the front row. Man, we got like alarms going off over here. We got like you know what I'm saying? First service, first service, I'll be honest. It was, it was raining so hard. We just decided what happened in the green room a while ago. It was raining so hard, I think everybody was falling asleep. I'm just gonna be honest, it was like And I'm not gonna lie, it was this. I was like, 
was like, guys, seriously, you can't stare at me with your mouth open the whole time. <laughs> and you think I'm lying. There was multiple people going. It's like, man, this is terrible, you know? Anyway, it's fine, mom. It's okay. It's my mom. It's all good. <laughs> I can get through some things, but it was like, <laughs> it was me. It was Facebook, wasn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> I can't do that. Back in the day, I would get corrected for something like that if I was sitting next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. No. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Okay. Prayer is usually our last resort. Oh, I know what's talking about. School. School. So, I, I really, I wasn't like the best student. Okay, I was respectful and everything, but I wasn't like the smartest, you know? Uh, but I was, I was decent in algebra. And one of the first things you had to learn in algebra was the order of operations, right? The way that you're supposed to uh, uh, determine or, or solve an equation. And if you swap one of those up, you will get the wrong answer every time. I mean, you could do all the individual little equations properly, the little moment, but if you don't put it in the right order, it ends up with the, the wrong result. You know, you got your brackets and parentheses and your exponents. I think it's exponents, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you got addition, uh, division and multiplication and then addition and subtraction, right? If I was wrong, just be like, yes, yes. <laughs> I got enough to deal with up here. But anyway, so you have to do it a certain way. Well, I, I want to bring it to you like this. Prayer is like the first thing that we should do, right? It is the first order of operations in our lives. It should be as believers. Whenever we hit a wall, whenever it's a good time or a bad time, like our life should be in a way that it's always the first thing that we do. And prayer is really a few things. And I, and I wanted to bring you a few thoughts about prayer before we move on, just to kind of get our minds wrapped around what prayer is and maybe what it is not. But prayer, in the Bible, prayer is, is compared to incense coming before, being raised up before the throne of God. And I want to let you know here today that your prayers are not empty. Your prayers don't just hit the ceiling above you and they don't do anything. Your prayers matter. All right. And we're going to see how it matters and what it accomplishes in our lives. But your prayers, they matter. God hears them. They go before the throne of God. It says it's like an incense, like he smells it. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. What we say actually goes before God. And a few things about it, about prayer is this. Prayer is us acknowledging and seeking God. Whenever you pray, whenever you pray first, you're really getting your heart set in the right posture, which is I'm acknowledging and seeking God. Prayer is how we communicate with God. Communicate with God. It's not a ritual. Certain time of day, now I need to pray. No, uh, this is a conversation. It's not a ritual. Don't let your prayers become routine. Because whenever things in our hearts become routine, they lose their power, right? They lose their significance. You could really be in something awesome. You could be in a great family. You could be in a great job and it gets routine and you become dissatisfied with that great job or that great family, even though it's phenomenal. Am I right? Why? It gets familiar. We can get familiar in our prayer and it loses its power. This is a big one. This is something that really hit me a few years ago and has really affected my prayer life and the way that I pray Prayer might not change the situation, but it changes us, okay? So sometimes we pray, and this happened to me a lot. I would pray these prayers and nothing would happen. I wouldn't see the result. I wouldn't see the, it wouldn't be fixed. You know what I'm saying? And that would frustrate me. And I'm like, oh, prayer doesn't work. And then one time I was listening to somebody preaching. They were teaching, they were teaching on, on prayer. And they said, prayer is not so much about, about the answer as much as it is about you. 
and what God's doing in you and what, what posture you're taking in life whenever you do pray. It's a big mindset shift. Prayer activates our faith, okay? Feel like your faith is weak? Are you praying? Come on. Prayer gives us God's perspective and not our own. I think perspective is huge in everything. The way that we view things, prayer changes our perspectives and it is using spiritual weapons for a spiritual fight. Do you guys realize that you're in a fight? Like you're in a battle for your soul, for your life, for your family? Come on, that we are in a battle in this church? We are in a battle. And here's the deal, it's not a physical battle and that's why we get used to it. Like for many of you, some of the things I'm gonna say, you're gonna be like, ah, uh, okay. Because we don't really think of it that way. We don't really actually view ourselves engaged in a war. Look, I was reading Daniel this past week and in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel prays this prayer. And I think it's, it's just fascinating what the, the, the angel that comes to Daniel and begins to speak to Daniel, he says this, hey, whenever you prayed 21 days ago, I was coming, I was on my way but I encountered a war, basically. He was engaged in a war, this angel, and they were fighting these, these, you know, these principalities, basically, and then Michael comes and takes over, and he's like, once he took over, I was able to come, and, and, but I gotta go back, and then we're gonna go in this other war. And what do we do? We're just like sitting in the chair, looking around, just like, man, I don't know, it just feels weird today. I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Or, or we're just in our, in our homes and, and it's like there's unrest and there's chaos everywhere. I don't know what's going on. Meanwhile, around us, it's just, you know, things are exploding and stuff's hitting the wall and we don't even see it. Why? Because it's spiritual. And if you don't have spiritual discerning eyes, you're clueless. So then you fight that battle with the wrong weapons and you're just constantly losing. Why? Maybe, maybe some of these things aren't happening in your life because you're not praying. Pray first. He goes on and he says this. He tells, he tells Timothy, hey man, ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Remember, he's telling him to pray for people. And <laughs> whenever he tells them to do these things, uh, again, we immediately, whenever it comes to praying for people, we have no problem praying for people that we agree with, people that we like, Right? But whenever he says, pray for all people, it opens it up to every single person. And as a leader, Timothy, he's like, hey, Timothy, I know you're gonna feel good about certain people, but he's like, I want you to pray for everyone. I want you to ask God to bless them. This is what he does. He actually says three different prayers. And, and this can apply to your friends, your families, your church, your nation, these three different types of prayer. Number one, he's asking God to help them, which really is a prayer petition. Now, some people get this wrong whenever you ask God for things. Some people get very extreme in their asking God for things. And we'll talk about a couple of things here in a moment, uh, some different perspectives to have. But they get in this mindset and it's really a prosperity mindset. And we've talked about this again a few times over the last few months. But it's so important because some people, they pop in their $5 a prayer and they expect to get all the things that they want. And when they don't get that, it's like this thing don't work and they back out, they quit. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, well, that doesn't work. That is a, a wrong theology. It's a, it's a wrong way of looking at God. It's this, like I said, vending machine mentality. And it's really a prosperity theology because here's the deal. Is God still God even if I don't get what I want? Of course. Is he still sovereign? Is he still good? Is he still loving? Is he still gracious? Yes. That's not predicated upon whether I got that new car or that new house. It has nothing to do with it. That's a 
totally separate conversation, right? But then there's this other mentality. It's really a poverty mentality, which says, you know, basically we're all bad. We're, and if you have anything good, you know, you, you've, you've attained it by some negative way and, and, and you're all about money. And that's not what the Bible says either. Really God's into provision. And he says, look, don't hold back. Ask me. He, said, he calls himself a good father. He's like, man, God's a good God. I, I'm, I love you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm for you. Ask me. And so also don't get, don't get caught over here, okay? And don't get caught over here in the middle. Man, God wants to provide for you. Pray to him, petition to him, ask him for things. Then he goes on, he says, intercede for people. Intercede for people. Interceding is really praying for people who can't pray for themselves. Standing in the gap for people. Some of you have been praying for people for a long time for different things. Some of you, I know it, it has to do with friends and family that are lost, that don't know God. You've been praying for them for years. Every, every single week, we get prayer requests that are turned in. And there's some people every single week, that card is filled out with those same names. Every single week. Every, I'm talking every week for years. You know how awesome that is? You know how faithful that is? You know what it is? Their prayers may be keeping those people's lives afloat. I'm telling you. And for, for some of you, there's family, there's friends that you've been praying for. And I want to encourage you to keep praying. Don't get weary in that. You are interceding. You are standing in the gap for people who maybe can't stand in the gap for themselves. That's what Jesus does for us, right? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Some of you, I believe you actually have a gift of prayer, by the way. Uh, you have a gift of intercession. And can I encourage you in that, number one, to continue to exercise that gift and continue to, to, to work at that. And, and don't like push it to the side like, wow, I just something that I do personally. No, 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 no. Begin to feed that thing. Begin to exercise that gift. That is a gift. That we all pray, but there's like a special, there's a special gift for it. And, and look, we have prayer people that come up at the end of this. Um, the prayer team comes, comes up at the end of the service praying for people, interceding for those. Come on, look, it's a real live thing, something that we need to tap into. Some of you are intercessors. Can I encourage you to continue to pray? Please continue to pray. Continue to pray for this church. We need prayer, all right? We, we, we never get to a place where we've arrived. As a family, you've arrived. No, 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 no. Come on, we're in a constant war. But he says, pray for people. Then he says, give thanks for them. Again, he said, all people. <laughs> give thanks for all people. How many, how many of you, the last time that somebody really, really ticked you off, you just said, Lord, thank you for them. <laughs> like, God is so good. Like, man, I just, I mean, they're yelling at me and cursing me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, just... Man, no, what do we do? We, we get back even. We say stuff. We like, you know what I'm saying? Timothy was having some stuff hit the fan. He was having people come against him. And Paul's like, pray for him. Matter of fact, Timothy, I want you to give thanks for him. Give thanks for him. There's something about thanksgiving and a thankful heart that activates something with the heart of God. There's something about it. It's all throughout the word of God. Enter, you know, enter into his presence with thanksgiving. I mean, these are things, look, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 and 18 says, never stop praying, but in everything, give thanks. 
in all seasons. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. Now we're talking to America right now. Don't be anxious because we are one anxious nation. My goodness gracious. Anxiety and everything, worry, 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 worst case scenario all the time. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Come on, look, y'all, some of, some of you are you're just actively living a worried lifestyle. You're at, it's worst case scenario every time something happens. I want you to begin to look at that as a tool of the enemy, not just the way that you're made. Like, oh, that's just, I'm just an anxious person. Stop speaking that over your life. Stop accepting that as the norm because it's not. The Bible says we are not given a spirit of fear, right? We are not called to be anxious people. We are called to be faith-filled people who prayerfully uh, uh, are uh, engaging every single thing that we encounter prayerfully with faith and hope, not fear and anxiety. So don't be anxious. If you're an anxious person, if that's just the way that you're, I just tend to be anxious. Like start fighting that with the right thing. Every time that you encounter anxiety, pray. Pray first, right? Come on, this is what it looks like, by the way. This is what taking the word of God and applying it to your life looks like. It's not just, okay, don't be anxious and, and okay, all right, pray, all right. And then we go be anxious. It's next time. It might be today on your way home. <laughs> all of a sudden that thing hits you. That thing that happened last week, it comes back up and you get, you, you're filled with anxiety. Pray over it. It's a different weapon. That's what he tells them to do. He says, ask God to help them, intercede for them, give thanks for them. And then he goes on verse two and he says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. I need to remind you, King Nero is king, all right? This is a, this is a big statement to make. Pray for your king and pray for all those who are in authority. He doesn't say if they're doing everything that you want. He doesn't say if they're leading you well, pray for them. He says, no matter what, in every situation, you pray for them. You give thanks for them. I wanna challenge you, church, to pray for your president, to pray for your leaders, to pray for your authority, to pray for your pastors. Pray for them, because I believe that praying for someone is, is it's the greatest way that you can honor someone. Whenever you pray for someone, you are, you're honoring them. I think we should pray for one another. Come on, look, the next time that you encounter a rough situation with somebody that you love, pray for them. Why? Because it's, it's an honorable thing to do. I think we should pray for our leaders. I think we should pray for our president. I would, I would just venture to say that until you've prayed over your president, you've prayed over whatever it is that you're encountering, you've prayed over your boss, you've prayed over your leader, whatever it is that you disagree with, that really your opinion at that point just doesn't matter. Why? Because it's solely your perspective, solely your opinion. We just said it, whenever we pray, our perspective changes, right? It's hard for me to love someone and have compassion for someone and also ridicule them. Very difficult. Prayer changes that in your heart. And I'm speaking from experience on that. Encountered a situation over and over with animosity. And then finally one day, I don't know what, I just, I prayed for him. All that negative, all that hatred, all that whatever was gone. And I was able to encounter the situation and engage in the conversation. I didn't have all that stuff. Maybe prayer's real. <laughs> Maybe, you know, the Bible's, Bible's true. And whenever we obey it, some better things happen. 
right? Just maybe. I'm just going to throw it out there today, all right? (laughs) He says, do this so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. He says, do this so that you can live peaceful and quiet lives. And you know, the first thing obviously is that the government would be right, like especially in this time, that there would be peace, that they could live lives of dignity and, and not have to worry about all the stuff that's happening, right? But I was thinking about our lives in general. And I got a question, is your life chaotic? Is your life chaotic? Is your family chaotic? Does it seem like every single day you get up, there's like this thing that you're about to have to encounter, right? Or you're, you're braced, okay? You wake up, you, you take a shower and you walk out your room ready to go and you're, you, you feel internally like you're like this. Like, is one of the kids gonna say something? Is my, is my wife gonna, you know what I'm saying? You get to work and you're just like, you know, you're paranoid, you're defensive. Why? Because it's just like every day brings with it a new, like life-altering, horrific situation. Did you know that God did not call us to live lives like that? Like that's not his plan for, yes, things are gonna happen. All right, this isn't like a give your life to Jesus and you don't have any bad things happen to you anymore. That's not reality. However, whenever it's day after day, whenever it's week after week, do you ever ask the question, man, is this a spiritual battle? Because the Bible says that God is a God of order. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. And if in my family, in the Come on, we all have a lot of influence on our family. We control the environment of our homes. And if in my home, there is chaos, there's dissension, there's arguing, I don't just say, well, everybody just needs to straighten up. No, after a while, you know what I do? I say, my God, like, is there something happening? Like, God, would you give me the wisdom and the understanding to know what's happening right now? Because this can't be the new norm. This can't be the Dakota norm. No, I refuse to receive that. Whenever I moved into my, uh, my first house, um, <laughs> we rolled up to the house and I, it was right before we had bought it. I was, I was going kind of check it out and I had a guy with me and I didn't really know him that well. He was kind of new to the church, but we were hanging out and we rolled up to the house and, and whenever we pulled up, he was like, it seems familiar. He's like, I think I've been here before. And we get out the car, we go inside. When he walked in, he was like, oh yeah, I've been here before. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh dude. He's like, man, I had a buddy and dude, we had some crazy parties up in here. And he started like expounding upon all this crazy stuff. And he's saying all that and I'm going. I was like, okay. So whenever we, you know, I went and dropped them off, we got done. You know where I went? I went back to that house I walked through the door, closed it, locked it. And you know what I did? I prayed for about 30 minutes over the house. I walked in every closet. I walked in every room. I walked in, I, I think I stood in the tub one time. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I take authority over this place. You know, because man, the, the spiritual realm is real. Did y'all know that? There's some stuff going on that, that, man, I want God to protect me from and my family from. So I took authority in that place. I think some of you, you might need to walk through your home this afternoon. 
You might need to take the Bible out and begin to read some scripture over some of those bedrooms, maybe over that dining room table where it seems like there's a fight every single time you sit down. Maybe you need to approach that battle a little bit differently than you, you, you've been approaching it. Because we're in a fight, y'all. Look, when Ariana comes busting through the door at 3 a.m., bad dream, you know, she's saying, Daddy, I need you to come pray for me. That's what I'm talking about. It's not, well, sometimes it might be candy too or something, yeah, milk or something. I, wanna, I don't know. You know, there, I mean, sometimes there's some added things there. But usually <laughs> it's pray for me. Why? Because I believe that when I pray over her, there is peace that passes understanding that's injected to the conversation, right? So come on, look. Some of you, there's animosity in your home. There's, there's, there's whatever. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Even in your workplace, there's things happening that you're encountering on a consistent basis. I wanna encourage you to, be, to begin to engage on that battle with some prayer. It may not seem like the, um, the thing that's gonna cause the most change, but I think you'll be surprised whenever you begin to do it. I have a question for you about some of the things that maybe you're going through in your life right now. And it's a very simple question. It's this, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? Have you, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? Cause y'all look, what, what do we do? Come on, we're gonna be honest today. I know it's raining outside and it's really nasty, but we can still be, be real in here, okay? We talk, we gossip, we, we backbite, we post, we comment, we whatever. And many times we haven't even prayed about it. I wanna encourage you to begin to pray more than you talk about it. Try that. Let's just do that. Give it a week, huh? Is that cool? Is that maybe like a truce this morning? Try it, begin to pray because there's a few powerful things that happen when you pray about something and it has to do with your posture. I'm not talking about an external posture. I'm talking about an internal posture because just like some of you, I think every day your posture is defensive like I was just talking about. I think you need to change that posture. Whenever you pray, this is what it looks like. Number one, it's a few things that you're saying and the first thing is this, is I don't know. And so for some of you, that's hard to say. I don't know. You know why? Because there's a lot of humility in that. Whenever you pray, it's very difficult to pray and be humble at the same time. Because when you pray, you say, God, I don't know. The second thing you say is, I believe you do. I believe you do. I admit it, God, I don't know. I believe you do. And really, whenever you say that, the third thing is really what you're saying is this, I trust you. I trust you. The life, we just talked about a foundation, right? Our life being built on something. As a believer, your life must be built on trusting God through every season, through every circumstance. It has to be built upon that. It's one of the, it's in your marriages, it's in your relationships that you have right now. If you don't have trust in a relationship, you, you don't really have much at all. And you guys know that. Trust and commitment. In our relationship with God, it's no different. We have got to trust God. That does not just mean whenever it's good. Sometimes it means more when it's bad because that's where it's tested. And some of you are in this place today, you don't consider yourself a believer. Maybe you're watching online and randomly going through Facebook and just hitting it. You don't consider yourself a believer, but you know that, that what we're talking about today still applies to you because man, whenever you pray first, whenever you know there needs to be a change in your life and you bend your knee, you say, God, I don't know. I believe you do and I'm gonna trust in you. God does something in your heart. It's called salvation. It's where his grace, your faith meet. There's a miracle 
and you're saved. Your perspective in life is changed. Your desires change. Your focus is changed. Your point of living changes. And some of you, today is the day that you need to change your life. And these scriptures, these next scriptures, I think are really good to hear if you find yourself in that place. Verse four, he's talking about God. He says, God who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. First of all, God wants everyone to be saved. If you're sitting in this place and you know that you're not a believer, you know that you're not saved, God wants you to be saved. He wants you to know him, okay? And understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And this is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Some of you stumbled in here, watched online, and I just want to let you know that this is the right time to receive Jesus. Like, this is the moment. Like, this message of Jesus coming in, renovating your life, uh, caring for you, supporting you, loving you, giving you grace, giving you a hope and a future with, which really resolves itself in heaven, okay? Like, all of this is being offered to you. Some of you are in a desperate place today. And can I encourage you to bow your life before the throne of God? to bow your heart, to, to give God control. Many times we try to just remain in control. It's almost like we wake up and are like, okay, today's gonna be different. My dad always says that, you know, whenever he was, God was beginning to, you know, mess with him and, and convict him, he's like, sit on the edge of his bed every day and say, God, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good today. And then, was not good, <laughs> you know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things. Some of you, it's been like that for years. I'm gonna be different today. Like today's gonna be different, miraculously. I'm just gonna be better. But you're not leaning on the one who can actually change you from the inside out. And today's the day. Come on, you with me? Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. It's just to get, kind of get along with God. And I believe that some of you feel like a tug of war on the inside. And honestly, it's a battle for your soul. It's a battle for your life. You're being pulled one direction by your, just your desires, your, your way of thinking. And others, you're being pulled in an, another direction. It's a, a direction of hope, direction of life. And today, God's here. He's with you. He's for you. His grace is sufficient for you, no matter what your background is. It has nothing to do with that. If you feel far away from God, I wanna pray with you. I will not embarrass you. I will not do anything strange, but, but I do want you to admit it today. We're gonna to do it by raising our hands. If you're in this place, you don't know God, you're far from him. Would you go ahead and lift up your hand? I just wanna pray with you. Come on, I see you right here. Yeah. Who else? Come on. I see you right here, man. Another one over here, yep. I see you right here in the middle, yep. Come on, who else? You need Jesus. Come on, his grace is sufficient for you. He will forgive, he will restore. The broken places that we talked about in your foundation, God restores those things. And actually he ends up turning them right side up and he using them for his glory, it's amazing. The thing that the enemy planted in your life, God ends up restoring and redeeming for his purpose, for his glory. Anybody else just wanna pray? It's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I, I don't really need you to repeat after me, but as I pray, I want you to pray to your God. Give him your heart. 
Surrender your life. Let's pray. Father, come before you right now, humbly broken, in need of a savior. Lord, I have tried my own way for a long time and it hasn't really worked out. So God, right here, right now, I am broken. I come before you. I bring you my failures and my successes. I lay them at your feet. And God, I ask that you would take my life, that you would redeem me, restore me, be glorified in my life. God, I pray that I would be able to use my story to exalt you. God, use my brokenness to lift you up. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you change my life? Would you remove that heart that just doesn't hear you, doesn't feel you, doesn't respond to you? And would you place inside of me a heart that does? I give you all that I am. I thank you for dying on the cross, shedding your innocent blood to pay the price of sin for my life. I receive your gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who give the hearts to God today? Yeah. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.